I want to talk about probably one of the most important things recently that I've been thinking about regarding the Christian faith, and that is actually the Scarlet Thread. Right now, on John, Not Quite Calvin. Hello, welcome back to John Not Quite Calvin. I am, of course, if you have not realized by now, the one and only John Not Quite Calvin. So as I said uh, at the beginning, obviously, uh, I've been thinking a lot about the Scarlet Thread. Uh, It turns out that there's not really a lot of source material that really talks much about the Scarlet Thread. Uh, There's not really like one specific theologian that has really talked about it. There aren't any books that directly talk about the scarlet thread although there is there is actually one there's one that does talk like extensively about the scarlet thread but it never calls it the scarlet thread and that would be jesus unmasked by todd friel so what actually is the scarlet thread well if you guys watched the youtube video uh on my very awkward public speaking uh speech for my, my college course, the Scarlet Thread is essentially just the story of the Bible. That's, that's really all it is. It's the story of redemption through Jesus Christ. And essentially, the principle is that no matter where you are in the Old Testament, all the way through to the New Testament, there is this thread that's painted red by the blood of Christ. And it's essentially everything that's pointing towards the cross of Christ as like the the nucleus, I suppose, of history, if you want to put it that way, like the main driving force, the main story of human history and humankind uh, ultimately culminates at the cross of Christ. That's, that's essentially what uh, the, the Scarlet, the Scarlet thread is. Uh, Other people have referred to it as a couple of different things. Like some people call it the crimson thread, the crimson ribbon, uh, essentially if if you're talking about the story of Christ that's that's what i mean by the scarlet thread so because i'm not as constrained on time as i was with my uh speech my public speech and also because i tend to talk better when i'm talking at a computer screen with a timer on it as compared to living breathing human beings I decided I was going to talk about the Scarlet Thread just just a little bit for you guys. So if you guys watch the the public speech, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to probably talk about more on this episode. It's probably going to come out more clearly than that uh, that presentation. Not, you know, it's not just because like better equipment or things like that. But honestly, like public speaking always makes me super nervous. I get really shaky quivery but the other thing is because of the time restraint i really wasn't able to talk to an extent that i wanted to and if i'm being honest i really like informative speeches but i tend to like i kind of have come to realize that i'm more of a persuasive speech kind of person you know i tend to talk about something but then i i like to describe why it's important uh, why things need to change, why 
the current response that we're having in the church or something like that isn't going well. So I, I tend to be more critical. I tend to be more of a persuasive speaker as compared to just a informational speaker. So the main thing that I really have noticed when it comes to the Scarlet, Scarlet Thread is people don't know it. People really just don't know it. Uh, people in the United States don't know their Old Testament nearly at all. Uh, if you were to gauge probably the average amount that people knew about the Old Testament, it would be God created the world in seven days. Although there's, you know, people argue about that all the time. And I've talked about the importance of why it's seven days, but for an average American evangelical, they'll say it says seven days, but it doesn't actually mean seven days because of evolution. That's what my public school taught me. Um, but I, I, I digress. Um, that there was a fall that humankind was in the garden of Eden they ate an apple, which actually isn't in the Bible that they ate an apple. It just says the fruit, but that, that they ate an apple, that there was a fall. Uh, Noah's Ark happened. They don't know why. It just it happened. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, probably a couple of different stories. Maybe maybe some of them know about Joseph and the many colored robe. Uh, and then they know about Exodus because, well, not all of Exodus, but the major themes of exodus inaccurately i need to remind you if you're not being discerning the prince of egypt is actually fairly inaccurate when it comes to its telling of exodus for instance ramses and moses like ramses the second and moses did not know each other they the bible's pretty clear that when moses went away he was gone about 80 years if i'm remembering correctly it was 80 years and by the time he came back to Egypt, nobody had ever heard of him or knew him. So that includes Ramses. Also, Moses was a very much an older guy by the time he came back into Egypt. He was not this young, spry, 30-something-year-old with a chiseled jaw. I digress again. Uh, so they know a little bit probably about Exodus, the plagues, and the Ten Commandments. And then there's a massive gap. They have this massive gap, and then it's David and Goliath is the next thing that they remember. And then they they know about the Psalms because they've probably read the Psalms, the encouraging ones at least. Uh, they probably know about Proverbs. And then, of course, there's jokes about the Song of Solomon. A lot of people don't actually understand that either. And then there, something bad happened where eventually they ended up under the rule of the Romans. That's really all that, that people understand about the Old Testament. And then the New Testament is the only part that's important. And we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. It's, it's not useful. There's nothing really to glean from it. There's not really anything to get from it. That's, that's the standard American evangelical approach. That's part of the reason that Andy Stanley, for instance, continues to be like, this voice in the United States, this voice in American evangelicalism is because people agree with him. They, they, they don't think it's a controversial thing that he said. They don't think it's a bad thing that he said that we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. They don't see the importance of the Old Testament. They never read it. They don't want to read it. It's boring. Like if people have read the Bible, I guarantee you the vast majority of people, if they try to read the entire thing through, go uh, Genesis, Exodus, the first few chapters of Leviticus, and then they go to Matthew because that's 
they they don't want to read the rest of the old testament it's boring it's highly technical and it doesn't it doesn't mean anything anyway because jesus abolished the entire old testament the old testament doesn't really mean anything anymore see that's the issue and the thing is that there's a lot of stuff that as a result has really gone wrong in the american evangelical church if i'm just being honest there's a lot a lot of lessons to glean from the old testament i remember when uh, we were doing this uh, series at the Bible study on base where we talked about the attributes of God. And it came from the principle of J.I. Packer's knowing God, like the, the actual importance of, of knowing God. And also a little bit of uh, Tozer in the pursuit of God, the pursuit of, and, and the attributes of God. But the thing is that in order to understand who God is and what God's capable of and the characters and attributes and personality of God, you need to read the Old Testament. The vast majority of what we were pulling from in each each of the things, like each of the different topics was from the Old Testament. There were a couple in the in the New Testament, but the thing is that a lot of people don't realize this. The vast majority of the New Testament assumes an understanding of the old testament in order to fully understand it for instance hebrews you can't get anything really from hebrews without the old testament like you don't get a full appreciation for what's said in hebrews if you don't understand anything about the old testament there are parts of romans which is just basic christian doctrine that heavily rely on a basic understanding of the old testament and the law in order to understand Matthew, Matthew is extremely focused on the Old Testament as well, specifically the fulfillment of prophecy regarding Jesus Christ. That was one of the things, like when I was a Catholic, for instance, I never really understood. Every single person knew the phrase that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Scripture. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. He's the fulfillment of promises of God. Nobody had any idea where it came from. Nobody. Nobody knew what these promises were specifically. Like uh, I can go into like an apologetic form and start talking to people who are like, oh, you know, Christianity is really just kind of like any other religion. It's more faith-based. It's more individual, you know, feelings-based and emotionally based than historically based. So you go into like this apologetic mindset where you're like, well, actually Jesus is a historical figure, first of all. But the other thing is that he legitimate like he is legitimized by the old testament because if you understand the old testament the things that jesus was doing in the new testament actually make a lot of sense and they are actually in line with the character of god period like like everybody has this like idea that there's this dichotomy or that there's two different gods. Essentially there's the God of the old Testament and the God of the new Testament. The new Testament is Jesus. And he just got rid of what the old God did or God completely changed his demeanor. He completely changed his plan. He completely changed the way that he approached everybody and anybody. And it just doesn't matter anymore. But the thing is, if you actually understand who God is, if you actually read the old Testament, if you actually, actually look for the scarlet thread, you'll start to realize that God is the exact same person. He has never changed. He doesn't have to change. His plan was perfect. His plan actually was Jesus all along. I mean, seriously, the beginning of the scarlet thread is Genesis chapter 3. The first mention of Jesus, if we're just going to like split hairs and be technical, is in the first chapter. 
or at the very least in the second chapter. And we will make man in our image. Why would God refer to himself as that instead of my? He says our. Talks about the Trinity. Like I said, you can split hairs on that, but the first actual prophecy, the first time that the, the gospel of redemption is mentioned in the Bible is Genesis chapter 3. And the big fancy word for it is called the Proto-Evangelium, the first telling of the gospel to redeem man from the sin that literally had just been committed by Adam and Eve in the garden. That's the first time that Jesus has talked about. But as we go on throughout, uh, Jesus is seen in every single New Testament or every, every single book in the Old Testament. Jesus is mentioned. There is a shadow or a type of Jesus in every single book, at least one, if not more than one. I put a post on the Facebook page. I took it from, uh, I believe it was Reformed Christian Radio. Uh, but essentially, it, it was the the fact that there's at least one shadow or type of Christ in every single book of the Old Testament. And I mentioned on the post that there, there are a lot more. Like, in, in a lot of cases, there are way, way more. Like, for instance, Exodus is just chock full of shadows and types of Christ just full of it full full of full of Christ full of the prophecy he's the serpent on the staff that people look to and are healed he's Moses leading his people out of captivity he is the destroyer the the defender of his people and the freer and liberator of his people from massive evil he's the tabernacle he's the altar he's the lamb on the altar he's the the burnt offerings he's the guilt offerings he's the passover lamb he's the you see all of these things are little itty bitty shadows and types of christ and that's just an exodus i mean we have we have to understand that like even solomon is the shadow and type of Christ because he isn't Christ. Christ is the greater Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man on earth and the richest man on earth ever. The most successful and the most wise man on earth and ever would be on earth. And he failed. Solomon failed. Ultimately, Solomon is a failure. Ultimately, his sons did not follow in his footsteps. It is because of him that Israel was ultimately destroyed and his actions and his selfishness and his unwise decisions, his disregard of the law of God. Wisest man in the world made an unwise decision, destroyed an entire country. Okay? Solomon, the message of Solomon is we're not supposed to trust in man. We're supposed to trust in the true Solomon, the greater Solomon, the ultimate king, the wisest king. Why? Because Jesus is God. He is the wisest who will ever live. No man will ever stand up to him. No man will ever accomplish more than, than Jesus will accomplish. Jesus' kingdom is eternal. But I digress again. <laughs> Scarlet Thread, though, it's, it's extremely important. 
And the other thing too is that the atheists, for instance, the the vast majority of the arguments that atheists are going to make are against the Old Testament. They can't really argue New Testament much. They they have a couple of things that they argue, but for the most part, it's it's the Old Testament. And the thing is that there's a lot of stuff that if you really believe the Christian faith, you have to stand on the Old Testament. Why? Because if we believe that the Old Testament is no longer legitimate, why should we believe the New Testament continues to be legitimate as it gets older, as it grows older? Should we trust it if the Old Testament just went away? Who's to say that God didn't create a new New Testament? Who's to say that the Mormons weren't right? Who's to say that there didn't have to be a restoration of Christianity because God can't keep his people, he can't keep his word, and he can't keep his mind straight? Lots of arguments fall apart when we don't understand the Old Testament and the New Testament work hand in hand. And that that was always the model. It's always been the model of Christianity to not just rely upon new information in the New Testament, but to rely on the Old Testament as well. Whenever we're making arguments and whenever we're going about our way in apologetics or in witnessing or in just dealing with the world in general, or even just dealing with matters of the faith, the old Testament is chock full of more information and more reliable, uh, like actual, like helpful sections than the new Testament. If I'm just being honest, the old Testament is longer than the new Testament. That's another thing you have to consider. There is more in the old Testament than the new Testament. If you really want to understand the nature of God, you have to look mainly to the Old Testament because the New Testament assumes that you know the Old Testament. Jesus, in his witnessing to the Pharisees and even the, like, the people of Samaria and stuff like that, his assumption was that they knew the Old Testament or that they would read it and that they would appreciate it. Have you not read was his main argument. Not, have you not heard? Have you not done this? Have you not done that? No, it was, have you read? Jesus assumed that people knew the, the, the scriptures. The scriptures were always supposed to be in the hands of the believers. Uh, that's why we have so many copies of the New Testament. If you think about it, like uh, if the New Testament wasn't designed to be spread and put in, like put down in words and printed, it wouldn't have spread as much as it, as it has. But anyway, the, the, the Scarlet Thread really is probably one of the biggest issues that's plaguing the church today like the 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 lack of understanding it the lack of looking for it when we understand the scarlet thread we have more of a drive and more of a passion to read the old testament and to understand the old testament and how it relates to the new testament and the other thing is that as you read through the old testament you start to understand even greater the ministry of christ because the thing is that Christ has many shadows and many types. And even John admitted that if we were to write down everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus taught, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to cover that. And it continues to be proven because we continue to have more and more commentaries and more and more books and more and more sermons, lectures, uh, classes, and courses on Christianity. It hasn't died out. It's inexhaustible. But the thing is that when we don't look to the Old Testament, we really do miss out on a great deal, not just of history, but of the nature of God. And we lose some of the most powerful examples of proper prayer. 
what answered prayer looks like, how God operates, what it looks like when people are going with God and when people are going against God, the trends of the times, the nature of man. Like, seriously, look at Genesis. All of these people are just normal, natural human beings. And what is the proof? Man never changes. Man has never changed. Man continues to be sinful. He continues to be rebellious. He continues to go against God. And he continues to do whatever he pleases to the detriment of his fellow man. That's always been the case. That will always continue to be the case. The other thing is, we come to understand that homosexuality isn't a new thing. Homosexuality was in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's where we get sodomy. Okay, that's where we get the word sodomy is from Sodom. Okay, like we've dealt with LGBTQ issues as a human race since near the beginning. Why? Because men continue to be in rebellion against God. Men continue to have unnatural relations. We continue to be rebellious against God and the things that he's created. And we continue to hate things that God institutes. One of those big things is marriage. We've continuously been against marriage. Like, just think about it. We've continuously done things and perverted things in marriage to make it not how God actually intended it to be in the first place. I apologize for the noise. Uh, somebody's walking around upstairs. Um, but the thing is that we really need to understand the Old Testament more. We need to actually look for the scarlet thread. And we need to encourage people to see the scarlet thread in the Old Testament because it is relevant. The Old Testament is extremely relevant. There are so many things that if the Old Testament continues to be true, and it is, and if the Old Testament continues to be relevant, because it is, and if the Old Testament continues to be taught, because it should be, we would have so many fewer issues. The biggest issue in the church in the United States, I continue to say it, I'll continue to say it until I'm out of breath, is biblical illiteracy. The biggest form of biblical, biblical illiteracy is we ignore the first 60% of the Bible. So the thing is, we need to look at the scarlet thread. We need to actually like observe, observe the scarlet thread. We need to teach the scarlet thread. We need to encourage the research and further development of an understanding of the scarlet thread. We need to do that. And we'll continue to have issues on a lot of things, even like majorly LGBTQ stuff right now, if I'm being honest, if we continue to ignore the Old Testament. Because the thing is that people think that the Old Testament is no longer legitimate. It no longer has a place in Christianity. Uh, there are certain aspects of Leviticus that we don't practice because we're not a theocracy. But that doesn't mean that what God states as wrong isn't continuing to be wrong. And there are certain things that we need to understand is like a development over time and are revealed more and more over time. Like, for instance, the, the, the thing about pork being unclean is the fact that pork, we have come to realize, like in modern times especially, very dangerous. It is a dangerous meat to cook. If you don't cook it right, if you don't prepare it properly, it really can kill you very quickly. So there, there's some things like that, you know, like for instance, even God tells us that we're supposed to wash in running water. 
like living water, you know, like that's, that's because literally like bacteria grows in standing water. Yeah. They didn't know that at the time we do now. Now we understand why they needed to do these different like rituals and purification things when they were out in the wilderness. But I digress once more. I continue to digress. I continue to go on. See, this is exactly why the, the informative speech didn't really, I think, work out as well as I, I would have liked. But the thing is that as we continue to try to delegitimize the Old Testament, there's like major claims in the Old Testament that are assumed in the New Testament. Jesus never mentions anything about homosexuality. Well, he mentions things about marriage. And he mentions marriage in a biblical sense. Where do we get this biblical understanding of marriage? When God instituted it. And and when God instituted it, he also had different little laws and requirements and regulations for marriage. And what marriage is supposed to look like and what marriage is supposed to mean. Okay? Well, I mean, but Paul mentions homosexuality one time, but the, the word didn't even exist until the 1900s. Homosexuality, therefore, didn't exist until the 1900s. No, it did. It existed in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, the word that gets translated now as homosexuality, actually, like the, the actual word, describes the action of what homosexual people do in bed. It's, that's why we translate it to homosexuality. You know, men who practice homosexuality. But the thing is that people are like, well, I mean, God changed his mind on homosexuality. He didn't really say anything regarding homosexuality in the New Testament, even though he did. Uh, but they they go on and they say, well, you know, Leviticus just doesn't mean anything anymore. And and I, I don't understand why it is that you press like certain things, but then people practice other things like the, the blending of clothes and uh, the shellfish and the pork and, and different things like that. And the answer really is that because there were some things that were ceremonial and therefore have, you know, as you know, we've moved on to Christianity and stuff have gone by the wayside and they were meant for Israel, the people of Israel as symbolic gestures, symbolic things. But then there's things that are actually like moral there are things that God says is an abomination, that God says is a sin. And these are more regarding actions, thoughts, philosophies, whatever it may be. God didn't change his mind on these things just because we're ignoring the Old Testament doesn't mean that it's not continuing to be true today. Just because there are some ceremonial things that are no longer being practiced by us and have been forgiven or changed like especially regarding like food and, and clothes and, and you know, different, different things, you know, like it, it's very complicated. If we read the old Testament, we actually studied it. We would understand like more and more of these arguments. And the other thing is we wouldn't be having as many issues with things like LGBTQ plus. We just wouldn't, we, we wouldn't have an issue with it. Like we are today. Because we would understand that God doesn't change. And if God doesn't change, then it means that anything that he said in the Old Testament continues to be true, living, and active. To use some New Testament phraseology. Continues to be living and active. It continues to be God-breathed. It continues to be expired from God's mouth. 
It continues to be inspired by God's spirit. And as such, it continues to be relevant. It will always be relevant. It'll be relevant all the way into heaven. It'll be relevant forever. You know why? Because the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God, including the Old Testament, endures forever. Read your Bibles, friends. Read your Old Testaments. Look for the scarlet thread. Look for the story of redemption. It's there. Jesus is there. The entire Bible is soaked in the blood of Christ. The entire Bible speaks of Jesus Christ, his ministry, when he was on earth, when and even now, unto this day, what he is doing on our behalf. Read the Old Testament. It will give you a greater appreciation and knowledge of not only history, not only tradition, but of God and his character, and his law, and his good teaching. And it'll also give you a far greater appreciation and understanding of Jesus and what and why he did what he did. So until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.